0: It used to be you could have as many kids as you want. Well, in China, that's not the case anymore. Now, you can only have one kid. And what are they doing with this new policy? They're only having boys. That's right. (laughs) you got to way, liberals.
1: Now they're
0: throwing baby girls in the trash.
2: <laughs> okay, Tucker. I, I I, think that's enough. This is my show. <laughs> I do appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy schedule that's full of free time now because Fox News let you go. But thank you for that, that brief sound bite. I know you're very, very important and probably feel disgusted talking to me. So have a great night, Tucker.
0: I just settled for $787 million. What <laughs> am I going to do with that money? You tell me. Maybe I'll go spin it on crack.
2: I don't know. We'll find out. That's a good idea. So the best part of doing a podcast is when a single script breaks up into two scripts or two episodes, and I didn't have that second uh, intro written, and we're able to improv one right on the spot. That is some chef's kiss shit right there. Well done, Joe. Speaking of Joe, before I even introduce the show, uh, I got my buddy Comrade Joe here, who is here to talk about fatherhood and shit but before we jump back into that welcome to red leg revolution a show about community i'm your host C dubs, and we're still talking about dads and figuring out how we can be good fathers to our subsequent generations so how you feeling joe you ready to jump back into it i'm ready to bust with you buddy So, in the last episode, I had a uh, write-up from the American Psychological Association, and I'm going to jump right back to that right now. So, quote, Other research on the role of fathers suggests the influence of fathers' love on their children's development is as great as the influence of a mother's love. Fatherly love helps children develop a sense of their place in the world, which helps their social, emotional, and cognitive development and functioning. Moreover, children who receive more love from their fathers are less likely to struggle with behavioral or substance abuse problems, End quote. So, the concept of fatherhood has changed greatly in the past few decades. More fathers are trying to be emotionally involved in child-rearing, more fathers are realizing their impact of their parenting style, and more fathers are being more equitable in raising kids. While we are far from where we want to be regarding this and other gender roles in our relationships and our domestic situations, we are quite a bit further from where we used to be. So, yeah, before I go on another tangent, you got anything to say? No, take it. Okay. Take it, bud. Take off. All right, cool. Well. I wish I'd thought ahead to send you this. If I known we were gonna do the whole Tucker Carlson bit, cause that literally I just added notes at the top of the script. It was like Tucker Carlson. So uh, if, if <laughs> insert I known... Tucker Carlson rant here. Exactly. <laughs> so I actually had a, a rant that if you had had time to like read it and rephrase it, I think it would have came out well, but I, I'm just going to half-ass it and I apologize ahead of time because my Tucker Carlson is not as good as Joe's. So that's um, why
0: we're never going to make it.
2: Exactly. That's why I do Jordan Peterson. Um, yeah. Actually, you know what?
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Time for a tangent. You all know what the incompetent dad trope is. It's where fathers are presented in media as ignorant to their kids' emotional or physical needs, are unaware of the efforts needed to maintain a home, and are incredibly incompetent at even the most simple domestic chore. Homer Simpson, <coughs> Al Bundy, and Peter Griffin are all popular characters born out of this troupe, not to mention the advertisements that depict fathers as unable to do simple chores with this one magical product. Billy Mays here with OxyClean. OxyClean. <laughs> so simple your dad can do it. <laughs> okay,
0: so I thought you said uh Homer Simpson, Ted Bundy, and then Peter Griffin. And I was really thrown off. Alba. I was like,
2: we really snuck Ted Bundy in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yo, that's why you gotta always re listen to the podcast. It doesn't just pump up my plays, but sometimes the words that I fuck up come out pretty funny. <laughs> so uh, no, but well done jordan thank well you done. well said thank you I, I i forgot about the billy mays line i was like i got to the line above it and was like why is this all in cap oh shit that was the line i should have sent to you <laughs> r.i.p when i used to be on dating sites
0: like bumble and shit mm-hmm. instead of like just coming up with a clever message or something i would literally just
2: copy different billy mays scripts and just send those <laughs> and it works like 10% of the time. I'm super, you know what? 60% of the time, it works all yep. the time. <laughs> exactly, brother. Math does not work that way. Uh, let's see. So, <laughs> But in all seriousness, the incompetent dad trope is a very real thing, and personally it pisses me off because I've always been a very active and primary domestic person, and not only since I became a single father, but when I was married, I was still doing most of the housework, and... Like, so it really pisses me off to see those commercials where guys can't do laundry or fuck up the laundry. It's like, that's weaponized incompetence. It's not not that men are incompetent at doing these things. It's that they're choosing to be. And I think that that's kind of like the weaponized incompetence is encouraged by this trope of bad fathers, right? Like it's reinforced that I can get away with this because as a society, entertainment, we've decided that the the bad father you know who doesn't know how to run his home is a thing and as we discussed in the last episode that whole idea is we've culturally shifted away from that and good fathers are active in maintaining their home so yeah and
0: it, you're supposed to be able to portray this type of like knowledge and comfort and security to your kids right when you're a dad like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be calm and stable and all these things but i'll tell you what i mean in our society it's hard to do everything by yourself yeah. with how unaffordable everything is and we already talked about you know women don't need men anymore for real yeah. like that, that just came out sounded bad coming out but mm. um fucking maybe i'll like, just bleep
2: sp- it out so it'll be another like one of those like confusing bleeps to fuck with people <laughs> Yeah, dictionary.com.
0: Exactly. But, like, it's supposed to portray this, like, sense of, you know, competence to your kids. But, like, society, like, meanwhile, subtly and subliminally, like, says you're a dumbass if you don't have your shit together and you yeah. don't have all your bills paid and you don't have the car, you don't have the house, you don't have this, you don't have that.
2: Oh. Yeah, totally. And then we're not going to go back into it, but we touched on this in our masculinity episode that because of that concept of what a father what a man is it can really challenge somebody's masculinity to not be able to provide those things because of the society that we've been steeped in and we're working away from but we're not there yet
0: it causes an internal tension for sure and like kids can pick up on that oh yeah
2: kids can see when that's happening right so Now that, you know, my Jordan Peterson impersonation has gotten it off my chest, uh, let's go ahead and talk about how that change in fatherhood played out for us personally, right? How did our fathers raise us and how do we raise our kids comparatively? So, Joey, do you have anything you want to go into before we start reading about my horrible dad?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I try to pick up on the good things he did and leave the bad, right? That's what any Mm -hmm. parent I feel like can do or at least try to do. A lot of behavior is obviously learned and like with the
1: mm-hmm.
0: with these, the family becoming so much smaller because of like the lack of community, I feel like in the 21st 20th century you, you only get learned behaviors from like a couple of people growing up, you yeah. know, like because you're around your parents and you're in, your family and maybe some distant family. Mm. And so you don't have access to as much coping mechanisms or outlets or whatever. Yeah. So I think a lot of my bad stuff I picked up from my parents, just like everybody else. And for my dad, it was an internal, like a lack of control, like addiction issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, just an overall instability, but I like, and cause he, he tried, you know, and he has like bipolar, mm. So, but he, he held a job and he got sober and he was like a great dad for a long time, but there was always those issues and like what led to him and my mom breaking up yeah. was like, when he was drinking, he was like, he wasn't, he was cheating on her yeah. pretty much. And, like, I picked up on some of that, like, from my mom and my dad because the relationship was so volatile. I feel like, and subconsciously, I've had to, like, recreate those situations. Mm-hmm. And I've learned, to, like, as I got older learn how to avoid that. And so I think for my dad, but the way, I did learn is, like, everything that I like to do, all my interests came from my dad.
1: Because
0: yeah. my mom wasn't really, like, emotionally available. My dad was. So he gave me that. He didn't really, he wasn't material provider really i mean he was mm-hmm. sometimes but um he gave me my interests. he gave me a music and guitar and like sports and like and all that shit that's
2: something and i think
0: yeah and i think like those are the things that like even if you don't like your dad after you grow up you still have those things that are part of
2: you yeah, you know totally so and it's part of our healing. The father wound is accepting the good, and like you said, the good things, and leaving the bad, and like not just saying that, like fully accepting that my parents did the best that they could with what they were able to do, and they may have fucked it up a lot of different ways, but at the end of the day, they were doing what happened was exactly what they needed to needed to do, and that's easy for me to say because I, I mean, I had a horrible childhood in a lot of ways, but there wasn't any um i don't know now that i think about it i'm like damn if i really went through my childhood and all the trauma i think it would be kind of fucked it's the type of thing that if i started talking about it around a bunch of normal people they'd be looking at me weird being like bro are you okay if anything
0: it's like my dad was emotionally available and like somewhat material materially provided Mm -hmm. if anything is there bad it's like there's resentment for not protecting me enough.
1: Yes, you know?
0: yes. Like from my mom or from from the guys that my mom was seeing, who were terrible father figures. Yeah, and and like I I kind of like hey, maybe if you had your shit together a little bit more, or mm-hmm. had a little bit more of a backbone, like I wouldn't have had to go through all this shit. Yeah, or you could have helped me out with my mental issues because you've had them yourself. Yeah, but like. I felt like he was too focused on his own shit and trying to get by. And as I got older, I realized like that it's not necessarily his fault. It's just the way it is. But like, exactly. Yeah, that's why I think you got to find that balance between being emotionally available but not being permissive, right? Not mm-hmm. just letting kids do what the fuck they want. And also like having being able to step in if you're in a divorce situation or anything like that. Yeah. When there's abuse going on on the other on the other side. Yeah, yeah.
2: And being cognizant of these signs because kids may not have the uh, the language or ability to communicate that. Yeah.
1: Because, of,
2: 100%. especially if it's happening in the domestic or the um, custodial parent's home, because that's jeopardizing right. their home. So you have to try to be on the lookout for behavior changes and, you know, sleeping problems, nightmares, you know, shit like that, so that you can help yeah. encourage them to tell them what's going on. I say, and I have, I'm not going to talk about my ex-wife really at all in this episode because I don't think it would serve any purpose and I have not worked through uh, a lot of trauma dealing with her, so I really don't need to be on the record saying things that I actually don't feel and are trauma responses. So. But I can't. It used to be I had a wife anymore. (laughs) That is very true, Tucker. It used to be, and I'm a lot (laughs) happier now. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: But yeah, she, one thing I bring her up because that's one thing that I'm not super worried about concerning my kids because she, I, I don't trust her judgment in many, many ways, which is why we're not married, but I trust her judgment in terms of who's going to be around her kids. And I, definitely since she started seeing this new partner i've been more aware and trying to again be more cognizant of those potential signs of something like that but also my kids are older you know i mean we're not talking like how old's coop seven yeah so you know mine's my youngest is three years older and they kind of by that point depending on how you raise them start to have some sense of their autonomy and view their parents if they're divorced as separate entities so you know if somebody was fucking around with my daughter you know then i'm sure they would tell me and be like daddy go kick their ass and i'd be like okay hold on let me load this gun up or at least they drop hints exactly you know you You just gotta like pay attention for five seconds well and that's a really good point too because the way that we notice these things that could be indicators of very very bad traumas that are happening or continuing happening. In order to to be able to notice these behaviors, we have to do our inner work as dads, so that we're yeah. emotionally aware enough to be like, "Oh shit! You know, my kid's been sad for a minute. Wonder why." So rather than dissociating and exactly like ignoring it or like drinking it away or yep. doing anything else. Yep, totally. As regular listeners of the show will know, my dad is a traditional monarchist and cap. Uh,
1: insane.
2: <laughs> 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 Sorry, I no, did no, not no. know that. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm. I maybe I didn't talk about him in the masculinity episode or mention his politics, but I have oh, mentioned on He's against. immediately like
0: clown of the oh, y- level.
2: you don't even know, bro. Oh, I'm ready for this. That's yeah. <laughs> so my dad is a traditionalist through and through. He saw himself as the provider and disciplinarian, and that was about it. Well, he did contribute to my social upbringing, installing his values into his children, and he wasn't emotionally available enough to help us develop that in that realm. Further, he rarely helped with the chores around the house, didn't help with homework, and had some really damaging ideas about raising kids. For one, have you ever heard the term paterfamilias? Uh, from old brother Warth, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Goddamn the paterfamilias.
2: Yeah, exactly, I'm the goddamn paterfamilias. So my dad believed in that. That's an actual thing. It's not just a funny term from the Cohen Brothers masterpiece, *Of oh, brother, where art thou? But an actual legal concept from Roman law. Now keep in mind as I read this quote from BBS that this is what my dad thought was a good core principle for for raising kids, okay? So quote ancient rome was a man's world in politics society and the family men held both the power and the purse strings they even decided whether a baby would live or die families were dominated by men at the head of roman family life was the oldest living male called the paterfamilias or father of the family he looked after the family business affairs and property and could perform religious rites on their behalf the paterfamilias had absolute rule over his household and children. If they angered him, he had the legal right to disown his children, sell them into slavery, or even kill them. Only the paterfamilias could own property, whatever their age, until their father died, his sons only received an allowance or peliculium to manage their own households. End quote. Yeah. So
0: basically your dad thinks he's like Tony Soprano.
2: Yes, yes. (laughs) At least while we were kids. I mean, I I do think that he didn't extend that thought past adulthood, but definitely when we were kids, I mean, some scary things, right, that my dad literally said to me when I was a child, right? Um, For example, in Roman law, I'd get to decide if you would live or die. When I got my first job as a bag boy... Uh, he told me, in Roman law, any money you earn belongs to me. So, yeah. Uh, when I push back against this obviously insane and outdated logic, I got, one day you'll be the father and you'll get to make these decisions. Until then, you'll listen to me. A lot of damn Very authoritarian, thoughts. huh? Yeah, oh, very much so. It's, it's almost no... God... I didn't even need my therapist here to be like, why am I an anarchist? (laughs) Uh, Take that, dad. Again, fuck you, dad. But my dad doesn't listen to this podcast. But it's cathartic for me to say that. Um, So... It didn't help that my dad is a hardcore old-school Catholic and the Catholic Church is founded on patriarchal views of power. These religious uh, mores influence my father's views on parenting in ways I still don't completely understand. Right. Hey, my authoritarian mom comes from a Catholic background, too. God, what's the common denominator here? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Let's ask all the dead Irish and dead Native yeah, kids. Yeah, I got a question for you. Okay, okay. okay um let's see actually that's it's a good point for a question because we're about to kind of change tax
0: i want to i want to extend this a little bit because i feel like context is necessary tell me a little bit what you know about your dad's dad
2: yeah i think that is a good point because we are about to talk a little bit about that and that's another one of the subjects i This is awesome, bro, because you're you're not even jumping ahead of the script. You're jumping to the next episode that I haven't written yet. Um, Because yeah, yeah, we are gonna go more in depth into generational trauma. But yeah, my dad's dad, his birth dad died when he was a young, like a kid, like four or five or something. His stepfather was a you know it was like the fucking '50s, so she remarried quickly, and stepfather did not like him did not like uh, their older sister, or his, his little sister. But, you know, the babies from the last marriage. Um, if I remember correctly, my dad, like, left home at a relatively early age. Uh, has Definitely has psychological problems that have never been diagnosed or treated because he refuses to get that help. So, yeah, it's definitely, I'm very much aware that it's the abuses that he heaped upon me are abuses that's be learned behavior and he's just continuing that cycle and that chain you know
0: yeah and with abuse you know in schema therapy they talk about there's three ways you handle it right there's surrender mm-hmm. there's overcompensating and there's avoiding and it sounds like your dad's a classic overcompensator like yes. tries to control everything because he had no
2: control yep exactly so yeah let's uh Let's take a break because we're at 20 minutes and run some of these awesome commercials. And if new listeners, I just want you guys to know, because you may not have heard the episodes where I said this last, the commercials that I run on my show are not paid commercials at this juncture. It is volunteer work that I do to bring awareness to these brands and uh, groups that I feel like do real good work here in Kansas City. I noticed that I have an incredible influx of Kansas listeners. So if you're on the Eastern... Of the state, definitely check out some of these groups and stuff, and some of them are nationwide, so you know, just I don't know, listen to the commercials, don't skip them, they're on your side, exactly. Yeah, but don't skip the commercials, (laughs) dickbags. Like, listen to them, I made them, I'm trying to help out the community, you fuckers. Okay, that's you by (laughs) dictionary.com, exactly. Brought to you by dictionary.com, you fuckers. Uh, That word better be in there. I'm not going to sign with them if they don't have fuck in, in the dictionary. <laughs> so, That's Joe. That's got to go over to marry them, bro. Right. I'll, I'll play them against each other. Hopefully, I can get more of that dictionary money after after all that. Or I could be like Tucker Carlson and just, you know, get fired and then get what, $784 million or something? Used to be fuck was in the
1: dictionary.
2: <laughs> not anymore. Now the liberals have taken it out.
0: I can't say any cuss words in the dictionary. What is going on?
2: <laughs> You've obviously heard more Tucker Carlson than I have. I make an effort. Oh, not bro, to hear I Tucker love
0: Tucker like <laughs> in a totally ironic way. Like, oh yeah, he is the best. Like
1: <laughs> he has
0: a- the same cadence and like routine structure he does every episode, and he, it's like. Oh, I just love Tucker. I want to do, like, a a dissertation
2: on him. (laughs) Alright, here's some ads. We will be right back. Bob was just a normal suburban guy trying to make ends meet until one day everything began to change. I guess I'll log into Facebook. Hmm, that looks like a fun meme page. It came for him without warning. He had no idea what dwells deep in the swamps. Hey, they also just give away seeds and stickers. It had him hooked and he didn't even realize it. Well, Produce is getting expansive, and I've always thought about starting a garden. The beast from Florida is coming, with one goal. Hey, and I could give the extra vegetables away, too. Anarchy. Well, maybe it's his
1: best if we all help each other.
2: Coming to a post office box near you, the Skunk Ape Liberation Union. Hey y'all, capitalism sucks, but Benevy Farms & Nursery is part of my community. Benevy Farms & Nursery is Kansas City's local sustainable nursery whose main focus is saving our little buzzing comrades, the bees. Bees are a primary pollinator for the world's food supply, and their species are declining at a rapid pace due to destruction of their native habitats. Benevy Farms & Nursery realize the importance of not only growing your own food, but also saving the bees. At Benavie Farms, they specialize in perennials, pollinators, and produce, so you can support a community initiative, plant a garden, and save the bees all at the same time. We talk a lot about food security on my show, and the first step is growing your own food for yourself and your community, and you can do that while saving our pollinators. The staff at Benavie Farms are knowledgeable, friendly, helpful, and inclusive, and can't wait to help you start or expand your garden this spring. To learn more about a sustainable no-till urban farm, go to BenevyFarms.com or find Benevy Farms on Facebook. I just got my hours cut again? How can I pay my
1: bills? Yeah, it sucks, especially since they only pay us minimum wage. But what can we do? Solidarity Man! That's right, fellow workers, it is I, Solidarity Man, champion of the working class, and it sounds like you need a union. A union? That's right. What power on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? So, a union makes us strong? That's right. Alone, you can do little to change your situation, but together, you can move mountains, and the industrial workers of the world are here to help. Huh? The IWW is a union for all workers, no matter the trade, job, or career, and we want to organize your workplace. Wow. Where can we find the IWW? In your hometown. The IWW has branches all over the world. Check out IWW.org to find your local membership board or join as an at-large member and start your own chapter. After all, our greatest superpower is working together. I must go. I hear another exploited worker calling for help. But remember, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. Away! Tucker Carlson, the effectiveness of
2: uh, communicating to the brainwashed. Have you ever seen that Tucker
0: Carlson interview? I forget who he's talking to, but he's like, "Why?" He's going through all the reasons why, like Zoomers are like fucked, basically. And he's like, "Why wouldn't you be a socialist?"
2: And it's like, <laughs> <big>. <laughs> "Thank you, Tucker. You're so close, so
1: fucking Based, close."
2: <laughs> and we are back, and we are talking about how we raise our kids after we've been raised in good or bad ways. So, it's interesting because Joe has a better relationship, what seems like, with your father than I do, so we have different perspectives on how not to perpetrate the further behaviors. So, how do I raise my kids after being raised the way I was raised by my father? I do a pretty simple thing, and you actually mentioned this earlier the first episode if my dad did it i'm not i'm going to do my best to not do it um it's worked pretty well so far i mean i didn't really have a positive male role model but i did have a great what not to do role model so thanks i guess dad uh would have liked to have learned how to be a good father without the trauma but it came with the meal deal and there was no substitutions apparently so i'm just doing my best with the cards that i was dealt and i'm giving myself as much grace as i can without forgetting the work that i still have yet to do i think you find
0: out if you're a good person when you become a parent if yes. you were questioning it before very much so like i i had a lot of self-loathing and self-hate and i was like oh I'm useless at all this shit and like Not like it magically happened overnight. I had a kid and I was like, oh, I'm a good person. But over the years, I've started to realize, like, you know, it is not that hard to be a good parent, even if you're poor or Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck. Or you're a single dad or single mom. And I'm like, you know it really takes not that much effort to yeah. be, to be better well, than my parents were. Well, yes, because
2: the, the bar is set so low, right? Yeah. And the idea is to set the bar higher and, you know, make that bar standard for the next generation to be even higher cuz yeah, I mean, my dad, it's pretty simple. Don't I don't hit my kids and I'm already a better dad than he is, you know. Right. So, it, yeah, it's all about just trying to do the best with what we got and part of the accepting that our parents did the best with what they had is the flip side of that is we can accept that we're doing the best with what we have and we could always do better the
1: best. <laughs> the the best. Best. <laughs> uh,
2: god i wish i could sing better i, I we would do more musical stuff uh, i did write a song while i was hanging out with my mom by the fire yesterday playing just finger picking up few basic strings on my banjo and i wrote a whole was song about
1: fuck you, dad no,
2: no no um i just listened to everclear's father of mine for that um no it was about uh centrists and it was like something along the lines of uh if you sit on a fence you get a pick it up your ass you go. you're gonna pass splinters when you pass gas oh, uh nice. yeah but it was improv so i don't remember anything but that I can't write political songs
0: because, like, all of my songs I write are usually love songs or, like, mental health songs. Mm. When I try to write a political song, it doesn't feel right unless I'm writing just, like, a heavy metal,
2: like, yeah, fucking, like, kill everybody type Yeah, song. you're over here just, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah like, just yeah. face the wall,
0: face the wall. You know, like, that's I just want to write, if I'm going to write a political song, it's going to be like that.
2: Have you ever heard uh, My Political Music? I don't know if I've ever sent it to you. I've I've got a couple songs that I published um, way back in the day that are political songs, and the real good one uh, utilized audio from Occupy Wall Street. I think I actually used it in an episode, but um, I played it for my best friend at the time, uh, right after I produced it, and he was like, holy shit, dude, this is like a revolutionary banger. I want to go... <laughs> and i was like all right cool well as a propagandist i guess i'm doing okay
1: <laughs> well,
2: fuck you do what you tell me. <laughs> right <laughs> lights out turn on the radio <laughs> uh props to tom morello you know i do not know many songs by other people on my guitar i know like, three Woody Guthrie songs, one Grateful Dead song, and Union song by Tom Morello. <laughs> it's a really easy chord right. progression. <laughs> so, you, you got anything to add about dads before we get back to where we're at? And at this point, feel free to just kind of chime in with anything, because, like, we'll the last... catch with your damn kids.
1: Be, <clears throat> be yes. nice. Yes. Be nice, If guy. they want to,
2: you know. Be nice, guy. Right? Be, be, be the dad you wanted to see in the world. Just be know? nice. That's and it. And that's... Yeah, yeah be kind be kind to kids like it's, be kind to everybody hurt, but particularly yeah. the children that are your yeah and you know what if you can't be kind to kids then uh probably shouldn't have yeah. that you know and i'm not advocating i'm not getting into the the weeds or the... okay Mr. Fash, or <laughs> dad, Mr. well i was more like child protective services because i have very, very mixed feelings oh, about them. We don't need to get having, into that. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's and for me, that's unpacking a lot of other trauma. <laughs> so, which kind of ties into this, but again, I we need to pad this out a little. But if we get into that, we'll be here for three I will more say hours. This, unlike with cops, I
0: would never say this for cops. It really does depend on the caseworker. And I will say this: Missouri still has a lot of work to do in that department. Speaking of the audience, somebody who works yeah. with, like, children's do it. Yeah. And I'm on the alternative care side. I don't do the investigation. That's where the people all have to make that decision, right? But they have reoriented it in, in the past five years because of, like, studies and, and public pressure to be a lot more about reunifying kids with parents and helping parents. than Whereas they used to just not do that, really.
2: Hey, my intrepid listeners, this is C-dubs from the future. Well, at least the future from when we recorded this. There was a story in here that we had originally recorded in the phone call that I realized while editing might be legally actionable. So I went ahead and pulled it, and um, if you want to know what it is, tough shit, because I don't want to get sued. So, yeah, we're going to jump back in at the end of that conversation. We had just been talking about therapists and the difficulty of expressing honesty to your therapists while not getting sent for observation at the mental hospital. So, sorry about that. This is the first time I've ever had to do this. Back to the show. Basically, she gets the subtext of, like, I'm not going back to the, to the uh, yeah. mental hospital. I did my time there. I don't need yeah. to go back. I've moved on. So, speaking of things that lead us to the <laughs> mental hospital. <laughs> um, a great circle. <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk about some generational trauma. <laughs> One thing that I understand about generational trauma is that, in a way, it is a choice. I can either try to end it here with me and the generational trauma, not myself, um, and work on my shit, or I can pass it down to my children. And no matter how hard I work, I cannot save them from the genocide of the people in Ireland that we come from or the guilt that comes from the British part of my blood that did that, for example. But I can try to heal some of the parenting wounds that I inherited and my dad inherited. And his dad inherited, and well, you get the point. I can make a stand and say that it ends with me. And that's gonna take a lot of hard emotional work. And it's gonna take
0: money. A whole lot of spending
2: money. Mm-hmm. You know that song? Ah, it sounded vaguely familiar. George Harrison. I got my mindset on There we go. Yeah, I was thinking Beatles. Yeah. So I wasn't that far off. So part of the work of You know, not passing on that generational trauma is learning uh, some alternative style of parenting. And the one that I hear most often kicked around is gentle parenting. Because my dad was far from a gentle father, so it's a struggle for me to not fall back on what I was taught and revert to not-so-nice ways of parenting. I mean, full disclosure, when my eldest was like four or five, I was a fan of spanking. And then I learned more and I evolved and by the point they were like four I guess five, I was like, Oh, this is really messed up. I started thinking about the fear and the terror and the feelings of betrayal that somebody who was supposed to keep me safe used to whip my ass. It you know, it really clicked that I I'm really fucking my kid up and I've tried I've been trying to continue to make amends with them for for the damage that I did there. So again, uh, kiddo, if you're listening, daddy's sorry. Uh, if I've got the money, I will pay for your therapy when you become an adult. <laughs> it. So, yeah, you can mark that one, and it'll it'll happen. So, um, you know, spanking's still legal in the state of Missouri. Oh, really? Well, well, hold on to that, cause we're gonna get a bit. I I jumped out of the script, but yes, keep that in your back pocket. So. My dad was far from a gentle father, so it's a struggle not to fall back on what I was taught and revert to not-so-nice ways to parent. I'm doing a pretty good job most of the time if my kids aren't liars. And my kids aren't liars, except the cops, because I raised them right. Oh, yeah. So, I try to be a gentle parent. What is gentle parenting? Well, Joe, what do you, what do you know about gentle parenting? I mean, parenting?
0: Uh, just in context, I, it, it's just, like, not raising your voice not scaring your putting your kid in fight or flight mode i would guess
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. pretty much i mean they phrase it a different way but or i phrase it because i didn't i've already pulled too much like direct sources for so this one i had to actually do the high school thing and read the article and then rewrite it so um all right so yeah uh, gentle parenting i try to be a gentle parent what is gentle parenting Gentle Parenting is based on four concepts, empathy, respect, understanding, and healthy boundaries. Instead of being a punitive model, such as my dad used on me where basically anything was a spanking, um, it's a model that encourages self-awareness and a deeper understanding of how a child's behavior affects others. It's more talking things out rather than assigning blame and punishment. This teaches kids healthy boundaries, conflict resolution, communication, self-awareness, and interpersonal skills necessary to easily exist in the adult world. Further, gentle parenting doesn't impose the shame, fear, anger, and feelings of helplessness that are often the end result of punitive punishments. Uh, So basically, one of the core concepts from the get-go is it's not spanking your kids to begin with. We're not going to go too much into spanking, but just know this podcast actually takes, despite my recent admission, this podcast takes a very soft stance on spanking. We are vehemently against spanking children as a form of punishment, but there are consensual instances when spanking is an appropriate punishment for adults. Oh, okay. Spanking kids, however, child abuse, straight up child abuse, full stop, you know, but if it's consensual, go for it but no spanking kids and that includes laying hands on your kids for any reason other than affection or restricting them for their safety but yeah we don't king shame on here uh plus i'd be shaming (laughs) myself uh let's just say i've whooped more than my kids asses in my day (laughs) uh (laughs) <laughs> right this is again this is the goal this is this is what people tune in for it's not the you know well-researched scripts it's not my personality it's like yo he's gonna make dick jokes
0: yeah well, i got a pretty good story as far as getting beat up by your parents go this is a funny one. Oh well, a go one. ahead
2: it better be because I just made myself laugh. And if you fucking bring me down, Joe, I swear this no, is the last keep it episode funny. ever. So, me and my sister, <laughs> like,
0: our way of, like, getting through our trauma was to, like, make fun of everything. Because we're just very comedic like that and, like, huh. avoidant. So, like, that's what we do. Yeah. We laugh at everything. And our mom, who was kind of, like, she she didn't, like, regularly hit us or anything. But she she has, like, an uncontrollable temper. And she's very authoritarian. Mm-hmm. So... When she gets triggered enough, she just fucking loses it, you know? She just gets rage. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: she's also, like, the most uncoordinated person in the world. So, which is funny because me and my sister are pretty athletic. But one time, uh, I'm pretty proud of this. I I snuck out in, like, eighth grade to go hang out at my friend's house, like, in the summer. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was, like, smoking a cigar thinking I was hella cool in, like, eighth grade my mom was sick and I was like hung out there until she fell asleep. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go sneak out. And then she, she showed up like 20 minutes later. I don't know how she knew where the house was. I don't know how she knew where I was going. She pulled up and I just like immediately put my head down and went out to the car. Bro, she whooped my fucking ass the entire way home.
2: She was driving and beating my
0: ass for like 10 minutes.
2: And you know say what we want about our parents generation but at least they can multitask
0: it was an impressive feat like to be honest like whacking me in the head for like 10 minutes and driving like and going and like rage driving going like 50 miles an hour in a 30
2: (laughs) yeah you know what this story alone because i'm leaving it in is gonna make me put a trigger warning at the beginning
0: like those things like i never think oh my parents beat me but like then i think about that i'm
2: like does that even count like i I think about it's my mom right she my mom can't beat me i'm a boy you know yeah and there's that eternalized patriarchy and and all that it's the standard that yeah my mom can't beat my mom couldn't have been the disciplinarian because i'm a boy and she's weak and dad did it and it's it's God, it's everything together. It's all fucked. And that's what we have to try to unpack so we don't further fuck up our kids. I guess
0: it confuses me because, like, my
2: mom was the more masculine figure,
0: you could say. Like, she was the provider and, like, the authoritarian. And, like, my way or the highway. Whereas my dad was more of the emotionally available. I did all my interests. He was the softer person. Yeah, But... Yeah, it's a weird well, dynamic, and so, it's caused a lot of weird... Like, I have a hard time having, like, I don't trust women, and, like, I, I
2: don't know. I, I So if you see Joe on Bumble, just know that. <laughs> yeah, just don't
0: fuck with me. And then, I don't know, it's it's a weird, weird dynamic.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't think... I mean, I'm sure it was very weird from how you grew up with it, but... I think that dynamic is not so weird though because that sounds very similar to like my my marriage, for example. Yeah. Like I I was the more nurturing parent and she was the domineering one. I did all the I was the breadwinner, but because of financial abuse I didn't have any say in how that money went yeah. and you know and so she had the ultimate control. And I think it kinda of plays into that that trope of you know the domineering wife you know yes there. Yeah. whatever you say you know the big wife and the short little little dude who's like scared and she got a frying pan and she's all mad and shit and yeah. My mom actually just recently told me a story where she went outside to break up a fight between my dad and another guy with a frying pan. That's awesome. And then heard the cops coming and was like, I'm going right back inside because of that trope. So, uh, but hey, Wait, are your mom and dad still together? Oh my God. Okay, well, sure. We'll go into this real quick. Um, yeah, my mom and dad divorced when I was like 18. They oh reconnected God. when I was like uh, early 30s, not romantically. They live together. Well, half the year they share a house, um, <laughs> my grandma's house. One? My dad lives with my mom. It's totally platonic. Um, he's basically the roommate, and my mom is fucking awesome. And like this winter has spent the entire winter, uh, wintering in her van in yeah. like New Mexico. So my dad's living at the house by himself. My sister's gonna move up there. It is little
0: anarcho capitalist kingdom. Yeah
2: yeah dude okay so something i kind of hate to admit because it's gonna make me unpack something but luckily we're getting toward the end of the script so i can do that while i'm having dinner but so my dad was an early adopter of the internet and my dad gets a lot of satisfaction from being on the internet and i'm not judging that obviously i'm a fucking podcaster um but he's got a blog, and he's had a blog for years, and apparently it's actually a money-generating thing. He doesn't make a lot of money on it, but just like me in this podcast, you know, just enough to legitimize it. But yeah, so I probably need to like, do some inner work as to why is it that the men in my family feel the need to be heard and communicate and, and all that. Uh, so, yeah, that's my self-appointed homework. When you edit this tomorrow, future Chuck, remember, sit down afterwards. While it's while it's rendering, you're going to have fuck for two episodes. You're going to have a good 45 minutes of rendering time. Just sit and, and and dwell on that, you know, because that's a way that you are like your dad, and <laughs> I don't like hearing that. So, Oh
1: Brought
0: to you by dictionary.com. Brought to
1: you by dictionary.com. All the best words are on dictionary.com. I write all my YouTube videos utilizing dictionary.com. <laughs> I'm Jordan Peterson and I like dictionary.com. We only had one dictionary.
2: Now, we got three or four. <laughs> what is going on? Where are all these dictionaries coming from? Why is it so confusing? This is what little one. And see, I'll, I'll tell you, all those dictionaries are coming from people using promo code REDLEGPOD at dictionary.com and getting their 10 free dictionaries. Also available in China. <laughs> You're right. Uh, okay, let's, let's wrap this shit up because we, we, we've hit two episode thresholds. So, speaking of wrapping shit up, we need to get our collector shit together, fellow dads. Our kids need us in more ways than one, and they need us to be emotionally available and healthy for them. They need our love, our affection, and our undying support. In order to give our children what we need, we need to do the hard work of unpacking the stuff what we're given by our fathers. We need to evaluate constantly what are we teaching our kids and how are we going about teaching them. Damaged kids become damaged adults who form damaged societies. We can help prevent that by sorting our own shit out and not passing it on to our children. And there's obviously a lot more that we could talk about on this subject, but this is probably one of the longest scripts I've written so far, and it ended up being a two-parter anyway, so we're deaf. And I need to pee, and I'm hungry, and I want to smoke, so... What else you yeah, need, man? yeah, we man? man? We should have started this earlier, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> no, I think we had a lot of
0: good stuff today. Uh, a lot of good riffs, a lot of good bits.
2: No, Totally. Yeah, it was totally worth. And and the great thing with you is like we have these little bits to just organically grow instead of me having to figure about one hand. It's just like okay, well now Tucker Carlson yeah, is gonna be yeah, a thing. Was, yeah. <laughs> I'm the pappy. So. Yeah, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more we could cover. Uh, it's a long script. Um, but in a future episode, we'll talk about how fathers disappeared from the home due to things like the drug war, how generational trauma manifests through each generation, absent fathers, the struggle for active fathers, and how weaponized incompetence harms all those in the home. But for How about,
0: now, how about instead of drug war, we have a hug war? Am I right?
2: You know what? no more drugs more hugs yep. i endorse it well wait hold on no more drug war i like drugs uh, i firmly believe that allegedly drugs make me a better father uh it's nice to be able to you know not when i'm around my kids but you know get in touch with my soul and then be able to you know next weekend or whatever when i'm with my kids i'm like oh yeah this is what intimacy is this is how oh. i can give to my children you know type thing um, I don't know if I'll keep that. I may bleep it. That may be a little, a little.
1: Yeah, too if anybody can get the their blur. hands, so. <laughs> listeners
2: on, hit, hit us. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I will bleep that too. At least you didn't give a fucking email. <laughs> My email is. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I'll just bleep it now. I'll leave the <laughs> that actual request. And then for now, let's just say that I've worked through some daddy issues, and I hope you all did too. Now, if you're cool with your dad, go call him and go give him a hug, go give him a high five, buy him a beer or whatever. If you're not cool with your dad, I'm your dad now. Go clean your room. Don't touch the thermostat and dinner will be ready in 10 minutes. I got some burgers on the grill for you, champ. Quit playing with yeah. your dinkies. <laughs> <laughs> Quit playing with yourself. Uh, so <laughs> fixing our kids fixes our community. And we owe it to the community because our only hope is each other. So, Joe, you got anything to plug before we get out of here so I can go urinate? I'm going to plug. Uh, should I do a serious plug or a funny one? Uh,
0: Okay. You can do both. For a serious one, I'll plug my dad. You know, he did his best. Okay. He's cool. Good. I will plug your dad, too. My okay, dad cool. can fuck off. We're both plugging my dad here. And then, yeah. And yes. then... Uh, I'm going to plug cigarettes because they've been been keeping me, like, sane lately. I'm going to plug smokes.
2: Yeah. Okay. I... You know what, listeners probably shouldn't smoke tobacco, but as somebody who wants to be done with this goddamn episode so I can go smoke a cigarette, I'm definitely not <laughs> judging. Uh, and also, check out Behind the Bastards uh, episodes How Cigarettes Invented Everything to find out how we have Pokemon because of cigarettes.
0: Yeah, so, also, uh, this, is brought, this episode is brought to you by Camel Crush. So Go, go ahead and enter Red leg <laughs> promo code in there and you'll get 10 cards seven cartons of cigarettes shipped to your door next day shipping
2: yo actually we just uh started signed a new deal where it's like one of those meal boxes you'll start getting three cartons of camel crush delivered straight to your door every month and you can upgrade to our (laughs) silver package where it'll be four cart. jesus christ i always knew i was going to end up (laughs) showing for big tobacco fuck you joe (laughs) hey if it pays the bills Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, you guys can find me at Red Leg Revolution on Facebook, Red Leg Pod on Twitter. Sometimes I post on YouTube and the other socials. Just, I don't know, Google me, uh, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your, tell your mom, tell your dad. I mean, if you're cool with your dad, um, especially tell him if you're not cool with him. Just, you know, like roll by his house if you know where he lives and throw a rock through his window and wrapped in the rock it just says red leg revolution. No context. You, you guys should tell your dad. <laughs> right. That's, that's how you tell your dad. Um, but yeah, tell everybody. Cause I, I like seeing my listening stats go up and y'all are making that happen. So also uh shout out to my listeners and not only the United States, but in Canada in germany and in singapore so which is probably just a vpn but still i'm imagining there is somebody in you know a lot of people actually in singapore who are like i
0: thought you were going an accent there and i got
2: a little scared uh, i honestly I, stopped I to that's see some that. internalized <laughs> racism right there yeah yeah totally and i i'm i'm calling myself in that was some internalized racism and i'm not gonna cut it because of yeah, the sun never sets on the red leg. <laughs> there we go. Okay, that's that's more borderline. I think we can get <laughs> away with that. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, uh, we are getting the fuck yeah, out of here on that. Dads everywhere I hope your burgers Are always burnt You abusive used Motherfuckers Used to be dads Who
0: had a barbecue
2: Not anymore
0: <laughs> Now they grow up <laughs> And they aren't taught To do manly things Now we got dads Who are running around Calling themselves Women What is going on? What is happening here?
1: The The, the pro, you, you see T- Tucker the, the issue is Is that we've challenged The very notions Of masculinity With these Okay That's fucking it right. We're out Later <laughs> Production of 419 Media.